your Bibles, if you would, to the book of James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1. This evening, I'd like to speak on the subject of pure and undefiled religion. Um, religion is one of those terms that I, I avoid. Um, I, I, uh, we, we have, the, we are called Baptist. But, you know, some people ask, uh, what is your religious beliefs? And I, I would rather pro provide an answer that says something like, well, we believe the Bible says, and then explain your beliefs. Uh, religions have certain sets of doctrines, but the Bible is our rule of faith. Uh, that's where we establish our doctrines from the Word of God. And, and in most cases, I avoid the name, the, the word religion. We're going to talk about that. Uh, stand with me, if you would, as we read James chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for this church. Thank you for all that you do for us, dear Lord. And as we work together to serve you, dear Lord, I pray, dear Lord, that we will have the right motives, that we will have the right uh, uh, attitudes, that we will be the, the type of children, dear Lord, that you would say, uh, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Dear Lord, I pray that you would just help us, dear Lord, to just understand your will for our lives. Forgive us for all of our sins. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Pure and undefiled religion. What kind of religion do you have? Uh, is it like a spare tire uh, used only in case of an emergency? Or is it like a wheelbarrow, uh, easily upset and must be pushed? Or maybe it's like a bus, uh, ridden only when it goes your way. How is your religion? Uh, whatever kind of religion we have, it, it is of no value unless it is pleasing to God in heaven. Uh, it, it, whatever it is you call your religion, if it's not pleasing to God, then it's not a good religion. Uh, in James 1.27, we find the definition of what con constitutes pure and undefiled religion before God. And we're going to look at this. This word, religion, is found only five times in the Bible. Uh, in the entire Bible, this word religion uh, found, is found five times. Once in Acts 26 and 5, when, when Paul was referring back to his time prior to his salvation, uh, when he was a Pharisee, uh, he referred to his religion. Uh, twice it was used in Galatians. Uh, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, and it was referring to the Jews' religion. And then it's mentioned here in verse 26 where it's used in a negative context. 
And then verse 27 is the only place where it's really used in a positive connotation, a positive context. Uh, and, and religion in most cases has a negative connotation about it. Uh, people talk about their religion and they, uh, they may say, well, I'm Catholic, I'm, you know, and their religion teaches them that uh, they're supposed to do different things. They're supposed to, you know, do the cross and the sign, you know, they're supposed to uh, uh, pray through Mary. They're supposed to uh, do all these other things that uh, their religion has told them to do. And, and what their religion tells them to do changes all the time, depending on who's their latest pope. Uh, God's truth never changes. Amen. His word never changes. The things that we teach today are the same things that were taught in the New Testament. And so that's why I base what we teach and what we believe in, and if you want to call it your religion, it's based upon God's Word, not on the Baptist denomination. It's based upon God's Word. And if it's not based upon God's Word, then we should question what we believe and teach. And so it's a... Uh, It's the only place where this word is used, but we're talking about, uh, to be sure, our own religion is acceptable for God. Let's notice some attributes of pure and undefiled religion as indicated in this verse and its immediate context. Uh, uh, First of all, I want us to see that pure and undefiled religion must be a practicing religion. It involves doing something on our part. Uh, you must be active. It's not something you're just uh, 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 under the umbrella of a certain uh, religion. You must be active. Uh, this is clearly uh, implied in the phrase to visit. As we read verse 27, pure religion and undefiled before God. And the father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows and their affliction. Uh, to, to visit, there's an action. There's an action that needs to be that needs to be a part of what we hold to as our religion. The context prior to this particular passage of scripture talks about this, and uh, that says that we must be doers and not hearers only. Uh, where we, you know, we're, we're not to sit in church and be uh, sponges to hear and to learn and to grow and not put it to action. We must put what we learn and understand to action. We must be doers. Um, uh, and this echoes the teachings of Jesus himself. When uh, he said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. I believe this verse is going to really disappoint a lot of people when they stand before the Lord. There are a lot of so-called religious folks, including pastors or priests, who are in in the front of the, the congregations that they have, that when they stand before the Lord, they're going to be one of those who would cry out, didn't we in your name do one many wonderful works? They're going to be very disappointed when he says, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. 
Jesus said, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Are you doing the will of, the, of your Father? Are, it involves an action. If you're, if you're doing the will of, of the Father, it involves something that you're doing, that you're active doing. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, Jesus says, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? We, we call him Lord. And you understand that word Lord means master. It's, he is where we're getting our directions from. He's, he's the one who's telling us what we should do and where we should go and, and, and what we should be doing to, to, to further his kingdom. We call him Lord. But we don't really recognize him as Lord unless we obey what he says. And don't do what he, he has called us to do. If we're not doers, uh, verse 22 of, of James chapter 1 says we are deceiving our own selves. Let's take a look at that. For be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Uh, it, it's usually, it, it is only ourselves that we're deceiving. Because uh, we're, we're certainly not deceiving God. Uh, we, 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 you know, we're, we're not deceiving Satan. He, he knows exactly where you are in that. And, and, and we're, we're, not, we're not deceiving anybody else either, like our, our family. Uh, your family knows you better than anyone does. Now you can put on, a, you can put on a, a, a different kind of face when you come to church on Sunday. But your family knows what's in your heart because they see it Amen. throughout the rest of the week. Um, your co-workers, what do they think about you? You know, some of us have jobs and, you know, you're out in the workplace. What do your schoolmates think about you? How, how, does, how do you come across with people? Our children, do they hear one thing on Sunday and see something else the rest of the week? Uh, what? Who are we deceiving? The Bible says you're deceiving your own selves. And you're, no one else is fooled. Having a practicing religion must be important. For later in this epistle, James talks about uh, uh, this. Uh, in in, in uh, it's a necessity of our faith uh, uh, working. Uh, turn uh, flip over the page of chapter two, verses fourteen through seventeen. Uh, James says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding, ye give not them, uh, give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. And, and there, that last verse, verse 26, and, and, and for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Uh, to, James is trying to emphasize that, 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 that uh, there's some action that needs to go along with our faith. Um, the fact that we can conclude that religion, uh, a religion which is not a practicing religion is, dead, is a dead religion. It's a dead religion. It's worthless. Just to say that you, you know, I, I, many times while I was in Romania, we, you know, uh, if you ever got to talk about religion, uh, it, I just assumed everybody was Orthodox uh, because that's what they were. It didn't, didn't matter if they never went to church. 
uh, that, that's just normal. You know, they would only go to church if someone's getting married or somebody died or maybe they're going to a baptism for a baby. Uh, they might show up some special days. Some a different group will uh, more people would come whenever they have their special holidays. But everybody was Orthodox, and uh, but there was nothing about their lives that would demonstrate any godliness in their lives. It didn't uh, didn't matter. But the, but that religion is dead. Uh, there, there's no life to it. Uh, next, pure and undefiled religion must also be a practical religion. God didn't intend for our religion to consist solely of going to church. Extending our heart to God in worship is certainly important, but it so is extending our hand to man in service. Some people feel like that they are doing what they are doing just because they show up every once in a while. Um, listen, that's, that's not... That should be normal, man. That should be expected. You come together to worship, but that's, that's, that doesn't have anything to do with service. You're not serving God by coming to church. You're worshiping God by coming to church. Amen. Your service begins when you leave the church. Amen. That's where your service begins. And, and, and we need to understand that. What do we do between Sundays, between services, to honor and glorify God? What is it? I mean, you, everybody has to answer that. You know, what do we do in our life uh, between services? Um, in verse 27, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction is what's mentioned. This word visit means to go and see, to look after, and to be ready to help them. Uh, there was probably a lot of widows and orphans uh, during that first century. I mentioned this morning how brutal the Roman Empire was. The consideration for life. Uh, we could see that in the early church. James immediately was, uh, not this James, but another James was killed early on in the, in, in the, uh, in the, the New Testament. Stephen was stoned to death. Uh, there was families that were left behind. Uh, have you ever thought about Stephen's wife and kids? James, some of the other early martyrs. Um, there were there were some people who were dying for their religion, and they left behind some hurting families. Um, and, and James is addressing that. This, uh, the New Testament was not kind to Christians. Uh, it, was, it was brutal. Um, throughout the New Testament, we, much emphasis is placed on doing good. Uh, Paul brings this out a lot in his writings. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, he says, But as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Okay, talking about church members, people of the household of faith are church members, and to do good for them, to help them. In Titus chapter 2 and verse 14, uh, Paul says, Who gave himself for us, talking about Jesus, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Someone who's, who's motivated, who has a zeal to perform good works. 
uh, Titus 3.18. This is the faithful saying, and these things uh, that I will, uh, that thou affirm constantly, uh, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. You know, we, we talk about good works, that nobody is going to go to heaven because of their good works, and that's true. They're, 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 no one's going to heaven because they did good works. Amen. And, and, and we, we stop right there uh, without realizing, you know, just be, you know, we, we are, uh, we're not saved by good works, but we're saved unto good works. Right. And we should be involved in doing those things that are right. Uh, don't, don't uh, you know, we, we look at works as a negative when, when we're talking about salvation, but don't consider good works as being a negative all across the board. Uh, God has done a wonderful work in your life, and as He has saved you, He has saved you unto good works. Um, the book of Hebrews um, says in, in chapter 13 and 16, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. This word to communicate, uh, to impart to others, to share with them what we have. To communicate, to do something, to help. Uh, that's what that word is talking about. Uh, to help out one another. Uh, the Apostle John, in 1 John chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. He says, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Uh, we, we are to be doers of the word, and we're supposed to be active in doing what's right in the eyes of God, especially when it comes to helping out our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially in our family. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it'd be a shame if we had a church member who was, who was having some difficult times and we didn't do anything to try to help that person. Amen. That, that would just be a mark against this church in a bad way. Now, we can't solve all the world's problems, but we're responsible for our own. And, and we, we, need to, we need to make sure that our own are taken care of. Uh, don't ever let something go by and you didn't let somebody know or some, you find out something that somebody's hurting and you didn't let us know. Uh, get word out. Let us do something to help out when people get fallen hard times. Till we apply the word of God by showing kindness and compassion for the poor and help us all the preaching and teaching and, and the studying that we do cannot make our religion, religion pure and undefiled. Uh, yes, preaching is important. Teaching is important. Studying is important. But it must be coupled with actions. And I hope that we will be active in our Christian faith. Active in the truths of being uh, uh, citizens of the kingdom of heaven. As he commands us to do different things that we should be active and be obedient to his commands. And not to look back and not uh, wonder if someone's going to ever notice and not wonder if someone's ever going to pat us on the back because we did such and such and, 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 uh, and get recognition for it. That's not what we're looking for. That's, that's not godly. That's not anything. We, we just 
We see something needs to be done, we do it and give God the glory for it. Uh, he's the one who gives us the energy. If you, if you provide something to help somebody else out of your pocket, who gave you that? God gave it to you. It, it was His blessing. Don't take that away from Him. Uh, and let Him have the glory for anything you're able to do. A further attribute of a pure and undefiled religion uh, is that it is a personal religion. It's a personal religion. It applies to each individual person. Uh, as we look back at the, the verses prior uh, uh, to this portion of Scripture that we read as a text, back in verse 23, notice the pronouns. All the pronouns are uh, in the singular form. In, in verse 23, it says any or, or, or anyone uh, in verse 23. Also, it says he or his, talking about an individual person. Verse 24, it talks about himself or he, uh, individual person. Verse 25, he or this man. It's a singular uh, position. Uh, verse 26, any man or his or this man's. All personal pronouns to, uh, descriptive of an individual. Verse 27, himself. It's a personal thing. Uh, you know, there's a place for doing things corporately through the church. There's, there, there are times when we do things together that, that God expects us to work together on. Um, uh, and, and, <coughs> and, and that's when we give, we give together for some things and, and we do that in our offerings. Uh, for example, uh, there was a, a need that injured for the, uh, the poor saints in Jerusalem. Paul was going from church to church raising funds to help those folks that had been displaced by persecution, uh, by, by the, uh, uh, the ravished uh, uh, Roman Empire. Uh, the, the church body was hurting. He was collecting money. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, verses 1 and 2, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia's, Galatia, even so do ye. Verse number 2, notice. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. What he was saying here, uh, I'm going to be coming, and I'm going to receive an offering to take the, the poor saints of Jerusalem. So each Sunday, as you come together, first day of the week, you notice that? Uh, some people say, why do, we, why do we worship on Sunday instead of Saturday? The Jews always... Uh, it was it, because we, we were first celebrating the resurrection. We're not celebrating the, the law. Uh, but it was on the first day of the week. It was already in practice in the New Testament. They were worshiping on the first day of the week. That's why he mentioned the first day of the week. You can bring those offerings together and collect them. We're collecting offerings for the, the, the missions, uh, the widow's fund. Uh, a certain, certain day of the month we collect for disaster dollars. We, we give those, those offerings, the church matches some of those funds, or maybe both of those funds, uh, to help out with these ministries. Uh, and, and we all work collectively with that, and, and that's scriptural. Uh, but it was never intended to replace our individual and personal responsibility. Uh, we, we have some individual and sometimes personal responsibility. Some might think that their giving on Sunday fulfills their responsibility to the poor and, and, and to, the, to the widows and to the orphans. 
Um, you know, they, they gave, you know, they, they did their thing on Sunday and, that, and that, you know, I've done my duty. Um, that it fulfills, sometimes they feel that it fulfills their obligation uh, to, to preach the gospel. Uh, we all, we, we, we mentioned we had our business meeting prior to our service tonight and we, the church takes uh, 10% of all of our monthly offerings. We set that aside for missions and that goes to different places that we have designated uh, for missions and, 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 and it's good that we do, are doing that. We're helping to, to send the, the, the word of God, the gospel to the other places around the world and, and we ought to be doing that. Um, but does that relieve us of our personal responsibility to tell our next door neighbor about the Lord? I mean, are we really going to stand before God and say, uh, no, Lord, I didn't witness to my next door neighbor because I gave money into the church and we supported missionaries. Is that what we're going to tell him? Uh, you know, that it doesn't, doesn't satisfy our personal responsibility to be active in spreading the gospel. We all need to be a testimony. We need to, we need to share the gospel with others. Um, uh, God intended for corporate giving only to meet certain needs, but he, he still expects us to fulfill our personal service uh, to the poor widows and uh, to the orphans and, 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 and as we have the ability and the opportunity. We touched on that this morning, I think. Having mercy, seeing situations that we can make a difference in. Just as we find in, in the Old Testament, uh, Though the, the third, the, through the third year, the tithe was for the widows and orphans in the Old Testament. They were always to, uh, to help them whenever they had the opportunity. Uh, they used those corporate offerings to help them, but if they had an individual situation where they could help out, they did. Um, remember the, the, the apostles as they were going to the temple one day early on in the book of Acts and they seen a man who was crippled from his mother's womb. They looked at him and he looked at them expecting to receive something and the apostle says, silver and gold have I none, but that that I have I'll give unto you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, rise up and walk and he healed him. He didn't need any help financially after that. He could walk and he could take care of himself. Uh, they had an opportunity. They were faced with a situation they could do something about. And they, 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 it moved them to action. Um, we need to have a personal, take personal responsibility for helping and doing things on our own. To practice pure and undefiled religion, we must make it personal. We must take it personally. Don't just rely on what the church is doing uh, to say that what your personal responsibilities have been fulfilled. Um, uh, we must make it personal. We can't pay someone else to do our work. Uh, we can't excuse ourselves by saying, I gave at the church. Uh, many years ago, before we were missionaries to Romania, we were mission builders. Um, and... Um, we would organize groups of people that would go to different places, mostly in the United States, but sometimes in overseas in different locations. And the volunteers would pay their way to go and uh, to participate in these building projects. 
people from all walks of life. They were were uh, very few of them were actually worked in the construction industry. They were uh, postmen. Uh, there were school teachers. They were uh, policemen. We had an actor one time uh, come on a building project out in California. Uh, if y'all remember, uh, what's his name? Altry. Huh? He was Bubba on In the Heat of the Night. <laughs> if y'all remember that show? <laughs> he came on on the building projects and helped us out. People, actors, you know, policemen. Many people. And they paid the way to go and they take your vacations to go and and we'd have a have a great um, you know Wednesday night service we always would try to have be be inside but have something over our head on Wednesday night starting with just a blank slab on on Saturday morning um, or, or maybe Monday morning sometimes we get a little early start on Saturday um, on a uh, Saturday morning uh, but by Wednesday night we had something over our head in those building projects one of them, we actually had the shingles put on the roof by Wednesday night. Um, it was a smaller building. A lot of people showed up. But we'd have a testimony time. And I can remember people in those testimonies saying, boy, I just know that every nail that I nailed here represents a soul that's going to be saved through this work. And I wondered so many times how many of those people who were doing a good thing, but they, how many of those people actually... We're trying to win those souls. Or whether their actions, their contributions in building a building was, was the extent of their, their outreach personally. Was that their, their way of uh, looking at, well, I'm doing my thing and it, you know, we'll leave the soul winning and the, the leading the lost to, to salvation to the preachers and those other people that come along and I, I've often wondered that because when they, the way that they gave their testimonies, and they were they really felt good about doing building the building and some wonderful things, a lot, a lot of wonderful work. But it's not uh, it's not an excuse to say that we personally are not uh, responsible to be a part of God's big picture in spreading the gospel throughout the world. Uh, they did, we did some wonderful works. But I, I hope that we never got the idea that what we were doing in this physical work was a replacement for what the church was given to do in the commission. Um, the fourth thing I want us to see here this evening is that, that uh, un, a pure and undefiled religion must be a pure religion. This sounds redundant. But in our day, it must be emphasized. Our society has become increasingly immoral and materialistic, uh, such as wreaking havoc upon many of the Lord's churches. What we hear and see may only be the tip of the iceberg. Our religion is for nothing unless it is pure, without blemish. Undefiled, untainted, untainted capable of keeping us unspotted from and by the world. But if we're sinners, as affirmed by 1 John uh, chapter 1, 8, which says if we say that we have no sin, we deceive our own selves, the truth is not in us, how can we ever be pure, undefiled, and unspotted? If we're sinners, how can that be? How can that be accomplished. It is possible only by the blood of Christ. 
We can cleanse, he, we, he can cleanse us and make us pure if we walk within the light. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Amen. Our, pure, our religion needs to be pure. For example, experiencing the initial cleansing of the blood when we obey the commands to repent, to be baptized for the mission of sins. Our, our, first, our first obedience was to, to, to uh, uh, confess our sins to the Lord, receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior. And the next step, the next logical step is, is baptism. To, to be united with the New Testament church. Uh, experiencing the continuous cleansing of the blood uh, when we confess our sins to God. When we got saved, all of our sins were wiped away. Everything was wiped clean. But we are still sinners. And we still drop the ball sometimes. We mess up. We still fall. We still stumble. What do we do then? Well, 1 John 1, 9, and I love this verse. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Boy, I'm glad that verse is there because I have failed Him so many times. We've sinned, even since we've been saved, we've sinned, but the Lord is willing to forgive us of those sins as well. It, it, it is possible only by the help of God, who will not only pro, uh, provides the blood of Christ to cleanse us from sin, um, but also a way of escape in times of temptation. Uh, have you been tempted lately? Don't say it out loud, but did you give in to that temptation? Uh, you know, the scripture says that God's going to provide a way of, of escape with those temptations. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Yes, with Christ's blood... God's help is possible to be pure and undefiled and unspotted by the world. And, and, and this is what makes the religion of Jesus Christ unique. Other religions may be practicing, they may be practical, they may be personal, but only the true religion of Jesus Christ can present one pure in the sight of God. Uh, to be pure. To be holy. In John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. In conclusion, what kind of religion do you have? What does your religion look like? Is it a practicing religion? Does it go beyond the walls of a building? Does it go beyond the printed pages of the Bible? Does it go beyond the super, superficial hearing of the word? Is it a practicing 
uh, religion? Is it a practical religion? Does it consist of more than just going to church, reading the Bible and praying? Does it, it, does it reach out and manifest itself in compassion to those in need? Is it a doing type religion? Is it a personal religion? Going beyond what we do in conjunction with others as a church? Including our personal involvement apart from what others may do? Do you get personally involved in what God wants you to do? And is it a pure religion? Involving our initial cleansing uh, by, from sin, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And as in faith repented and were baptized, event, evolving our continual cleansing by the blood of Christ as we confess our sins and repent of them. Does it include the putting away of sin with the help of God so that we might be unspotted in the world? What's your religion like? If it's not like this, then what religion we have, then the religion we have is useless. And we're simply deceiving ourselves. Used to be a saying years ago that I heard when I was a little boy and never forgot it. You probably heard it too if you've been around church. If every church member were just like me, what kind of a church would my church be? Have you asked yourself that question? Every church member were just like me. What kind of a church would my church be? Let's, let's always encourage one another to be sure we have a pure and undefiled religion before God. We, we want to have a church that stands out in our community. When people come here, we want them to see that we are different than any name brand group that may be out in the world. We're different because we want to be holy in our lives. We want to be committed in our lives. We want to be doers of the word, not just hearers. We want to be what God wants us to be. Isn't that what you want? That's what I want. It's what I want in my life. It's what I want in this church. And I hope that we'll work together for that end. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy and thank you Lord for the examples we have in your word that we can learn and grow by help us dear Lord to be obedient with all phases of the scriptures dear Lord let's not pick and choose which scriptures that we want to obey and which ones we want to just let slide help us to be obedient with all of our all of the scriptures and all all of your will help us to be our will to be in tune with your will, dear Lord, and help us have a testimony in this community that would bring you honor and glory. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us and what you've already done for us. For your love, for your mercy, for your salvation. Thank you, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.